and welcome, Hoosier fans, to another episode of Doing the Worst, the first show on the Back Home Network covering IU women's basketball. I'm your host, Jeff Marlowe. I'm also joined by my co-host, Kathy Amos. Tonight, we're discussing yesterday's 65-61 victory by your number five slash number four ranked Indiana Hoosiers over Illinois to improve to 9-0, 1-0 in the Big Ten. But let's start the show the way we start every show, and that is with our banner moment. <laughs> the music won't stop. I know, like, stop. We're learning as we go along, Kathy. We're <laughs> learning as we go along. Hey, t- but you know what? That's perfect. That leads us into tonight's banner moment. It's actually a two-parter. <laughs> Earlier today, the NCAA released its first net ranking of the year, and your Indiana Hoosiers were number four in the initial net ranking released by the NCAA today. And then a little bit later this morning, the Hoosiers moved up to number four in the AP poll, which ties their highest ever ranking in the AP poll. Our banner moment is sponsored by Homefield Apparel. Homefield is constantly releasing new schools or updating their products for schools in their existing line. You are bound to find something for you or as a gift as we near the holiday season. And there's only about, what, today's the fifth? I would say you have about 15 days of shopping left in the holiday season. So whether you want only IU gear or other college teams or nothing associated with the team, Homefield probably has something for you. Go to homefieldapparel.com and use our promo code HOME, H-O-M-E, to get 15% off your entire first order. That's promo code HOME for 15% off. And once again, the website is homefieldapparel.com. Wear one for the team. And next, we're going to take it over to Kathy for the Amos angle and get her initial thoughts tonight and about yesterday's game. Yeah, thanks, Jeff. So sorry about the little little music glitch there. Um, <laughs> it just didn't want to stop. I think I pushed it too many times and it just started over. But anyway, so yeah, I mean, it's it's another uh, Monday, another uh, start to a hopefully exciting week of Indiana women's basketball. But we finished out last week with another perfect um Perfect end uh, yesterday, which uh, we played Illinois. I know it wasn't maybe the prettiest of games, but I'd rather have an ugly win than a pretty loss any day. So just super excited um, that the the women are really coming together. And I know we'll get into it as well. And, you know, they're a bit banged up as, as well already early into the season. So um, we'll break that all down. But I think to, to piggyback off your uh, banner moment, I just thought that was really exciting for them to come out as not just the number four in the AP poll, but number four in net ratings, which means as of right now, understanding it's a snapshot on December 5th, that means they're projected number one seed, which is just phenomenal. And I never would have guessed that. Um, and I think just as the conference as a whole, I thought it was really great to see because would we end up with six teams, I think, are still all on the top top uh, 25 net rating for the Big Ten as well. So including Ohio State there at number three. So you have two teams in the top four um, and a number of them in the other rankings as well. So I think that just really bodes well for an exciting season, not just for our Indiana women, but as a conference as a whole well and with that net ranking it actually also came out with the net ranking illinois at 19 so that win as long as illinois can stay you know relatively where they've been that 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 win is going to look a little better as we go along too in terms of if everything holds true and and kathy like you said that if you are a one seat or even if you fall down to a two seat it just makes it so much right i hate to use the word easier because there's nothing easy about the NCAA turn but you don't end up playing the number one seed in a sweet 16 you don't play you know you don't get the best um 
or, or you, know, you don't get that that um, you don't get that 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 tough second round matchup like you might have uh, <laughs> when you're the three or the four seed. So it just you know it, it, there's just some things that open up there in terms of the of the NCAA tournament draw if you can maintain that net ranking. Uh, in that top, you know, anywhere really in the top eight, in, in my opinion. Of course, not that they totally follow the net ranking all the way through. The, the, the committee has discretion there as well. So, Kathy, that's going to take us in. Let's talk about some things that went yesterday as expected. Again, your Hoosiers, a 65-61 win yesterday over the Illinois Fighting Illini uh, at Simon Scott Assembly Hall. So, Kathy, I'll throw it to you. What did you think as far as expectations? Yeah, Um I would say um, just their toughness in general. I, you know, again, it was not necessarily their their best performance that they've had this year. And our women just showed, I thought, a lot, a lot of resilience coming into that game and persevering and really sticking to the game plan and not not getting panicked. And I, again, I thought that is really something we're coming to expect from this team is really a lot of great leadership, a lot of poise, and um, just really building off of that that seniority that we're seeing from both the transfers and from returning players like you know Mackenzie Holmes and Chloe Moore McNeil. Even though you know Illinois was pulling ahead and and made that run in that third quarter in particular, none of them seemed real panic and they just kept going in and doing the work. And I think that's cause something that we've kind of come to expect from this team. Yeah, and I and I really will back that up. That was one of the things that I felt like on a game where at least initially there were a lot of like, wow, this is not a lot like the games we've seen this team play. I thought they did show some toughness down the end. I, I think one thing also is kind of expected with the group that we have right now, when it did get to crunch time, they tried to get the ball into McKenzie and whether McKenzie was going to make the actual play for herself or at least by the focus getting to McKenzie, that it opened up a couple opportunities for Sydney Parrish and Sarah Scalia to do a couple things down the stretch um, with that. But the other part I also wanted to throw in here, I want to get your thoughts, um, at least for most of the game, I thought she disappeared a, for a little bit yesterday, but Chloe Moore McNeil continues to play just the way we expect her at the point. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, she, uh, um, you know, ended up with 13 points and of course, 10 of those were in the first quarter, if I remember. And then, you know, she came back alive for us in that last quarter when we really needed her, which to your point, I think is, is what we're expecting from her. She ended up with three assists as well and only one turnover. So, you know, being thrust into that um, point guard role now with Grace out, it was not something I'm sure that she was really, um, you know, pardon that we're in the as expected, but she didn't expect that, right? I'm sure as they've been practicing all year um, and in the off season, and so I think that. But we've we've come to expect from Chloe that that steady hands and doing, you know, the the Chloe Moore McNeil things. Um, and in this case, you know, it was really keeping that that um, ship steady for us going into that fourth quarter. So I, I really enjoyed Chloe Moore McNeil as well, at least in the first and the fourth quarter. I think you know, again, just as a team, they also struggled in that third quarter, not just Chloe. So, you know, it was definitely not their best performance there in that middle. But um, overall, I thought Chloe did a nice job kind of studying us down that fourth quarter there. Yeah, and I'm going to kind of throw in a stat line here, not trying to take away from inside numbers, but I thought, again, just as expected, Indiana won the battle in the paint. And now maybe not as big a margin as we've been used to them winning it by. But still, when you only win by four and you win the battle, the points in the paint battle by 10, 38-28, again, that to me is kind of expected. And I thought that was a place, as it talked about expectations, 
I thought that that was a place we were going to have an advantage anyway. Kendall Bostick, the Indiana kid, I like. I really do like her game, but a yeah, little bit of an undersized post. So she's not a huge scoring threat in the post, but she does rebound. She blocks out well. She grabs a lot of loose balls. And so it was not surprising to see her play well yesterday for the Illini. But to win that battle in the paint, that, that tells me that they were still making an effort, whether it was Mac or on drives, to get the ball inside. And I like that. Yeah, I did too. And, you know, you know, um, again, we've already, you know, touched on it. This wasn't their best performance, but I'm not real surprised either about that coming off of that big win against North Carolina on Thursday night, right? I mean, we saw that on the men's side, although to a, a whole different degree. <laughs> uh, but, um, you know, at least the women here persevered through that. You know, they looked a little bit slow. They looked tired. And, and again, you had that huge emotional win on Thursday night, and I'm sure that took a toll. And it wasn't, um, you know, exactly just a one or two day turnaround, but it was only, you you know, two full days in between. So I'm sure that had um, something to play in. And I wasn't completely surprised not to see their best performance, especially being shorthanded. So speaking of which, Kathy, what was a surprise for you coming out or as you watched the game or coming out of the game yesterday? Yeah. So, gosh, there were a number of surprises. I think, <laughs> you know, I, I think even though I didn't expect their best game, I really thought they would be maybe a little more in control of Illinois. And we knew Illinois was improved, but, you know, to go in um, last year, I think Illinois only had seven wins total and they've already matched that win total. So we knew they were definitely improved. I was a little surprised at how much improved Illinois has been from from last year. So um, that one really kind of surprised me that I thought we'd handle them maybe a little bit more solidly. I didn't expect it to be such a tight game coming into that fourth quarter. That's for sure. Yeah. And I will say that Ari's kind of pointed this out in the chat with the workaholics. I was a big fan of the hire. They hired the coach from Dayton and she had done a really great job at UD. And I thought that was a really good hire for Illinois. And she's got them going yeah. a little quicker than I thought she might. Uh, but I'm going to throw this in here as a surprise. Um, and we also have to let our listeners and viewers know, in case you didn't see the game yesterday because it was on BTM Plus and weren't following us on Twitter, Alyssa Geary was out yesterday. So we had another player out with an injury. The understanding is um, that she rolled an ankle or injured an ankle in practice on Saturday, and the report on Twitter was that she had a walking boot on yesterday. Now, that could be very precautionary. Try That actually is a, a – something they do a lot of anymore to try and help keep the swelling down and keep the, you know, get the healing process going a little quicker. But again, so now you were down Alyssa Geary besides Grace Berger. We found out in the North Carolina game that Caitlin Peterson had left the team. We still haven't had Keandra Brown all year. So the bench that was already getting thin got another player thinner yesterday. And again, I guess probably I shouldn't be surprised, but we had three players play 38 or more minutes right. and, and a fourth who played 35. So, and, and if let's be honest, if Yarden Garzon doesn't get into foul trouble in the first half, she's probably racking up close to 35, 36 minutes. So I am a little, the surprise here is that we're not trusting the bench a little bit more, um, especially at the beginning of this game against like Illinois, where you don't think it's going to be this nail biter down the stretch. So I'm a little surprised by the amount of minutes, but as I said, what was, you know, a bench that looked like might be able to go nine or 10 deep at the beginning of the year, you're down you know, right now you're down three, four kids that you thought were going to be part of that t nine, 10, 11 person right. rotation. So, but right yeah. now there's just not right now. You got to find a way to keep, you know, you got to keep, like you said, you got to keep you know, pounding through, you got to keep grinding through and find a way to pick up wins. And then we're going to get to, we'll talk a little bit later as well, but they're going to get some time off here after this week. 
Yeah, I agree. Um, and I think where that really showed up with Alyssa Geary in particular being out was the rebounding margin, which I'm sure we'll get more into when we go inside the numbers. But, um, you know, being out rebounded by Illinois, which, you know, I, we on paper, we have definitely I thought the height advantage over over Illinois I was I was surprised to see that, especially, you know, letting Illinois getting 11 offensive rebounds there. So um, I, I was a little surprised at that, too. Well, and and but we talked about this in the last show, right? For, for the end of the show, we talked about Illinois was a double-digit plus rebounding team, even though they're not big. You know, they're not big; they just are scrappy and they go after the yep. ball. And that they did that yesterday. In fact, in the first half, and I'm not trying to get inside the numbers here, we had zero offensive rebounds, and they yes, had like in nine the first or half. Ten. Yes. Yeah, in the first half alone. So, um, and so anything else that stood out as a surprise to you yesterday? Maybe a, you know a, a pleasant yeah. surprise yesterday. Um, oh, well, no, I, I guess I wasn't quite ready oh, for a pleasant surprise. Well, but, yeah, <laughs> don't let me lead it to it. I, I was just kind of thinking, was, you know, but what yes, did you go with, whether it's pleasant or unpleasant? The, the other thing, and it was actually something Mackenzie Holmes mentioned immediately in her post-game interview on Big Ten Plus with one of the um, TV commentators. She was asked what they you know, was, I can't remember how they worded the question, but basically asking her what they, she felt didn't go as particularly well or something in the game. And she said her defense in the team's defense. And I thought that was true. Um, not that, you know, our, again, you know, we held Illinois to 61. It just felt like, you know, especially with um, Cook getting 33 points, it just, that was the first time that's happened to us this year where we had one player in particular that we just couldn't seem to stop. And um, that one was a little bit of a surprise that we, you know, let let Illinois shoot almost 40% from the field. And it just seemed like they were really having their way a little bit more offensively, especially once Cook really got going. But um I mean again, you held them to 61. So it's not, I feel yeah. like maybe I'm I'm nitpicking a bit, but I think we're gonna be feeling like we nitpick a little bit here tonight, but it just wasn't the team that we had been used to seeing so far this year. And and I want to kind of piggyback off of that. This pro- I just felt like they looked lethargic, especially after yeah. the first quarter. There was a lot of standing, both offensively and defensively. There was a lot of standing when the ball was up on, in the air for the shot and, and the rim going for the rebound. Um, I, I felt like offensively we stood around. I, 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 and I will say as offensively, I felt like we stood around. And Illinois may be the first time. We didn't watch the two games. At least I didn't. I don't think you did. We didn't watch the two games in Vegas. But Illinois was the first team we'd seen really all year that just went full-on double against yeah. McKenzie in the post. And one of the things that we were texting back and forth is when you get in that situation, you need to cut somebody through. Oftentimes it's the passer, all right? You, whoever passes it in the post needs to cut through and go out the other side, and then everybody else can kind of rotate into a new spot. Or you cut somebody you know, from the top through on the backside, maybe down the lane, and see if you can get a back cut to a left. But there wasn't any movement. Everybody, once the ball went into Mac, it just stood. It just stood. And then that was kind of surprising because we really hadn't seen this team really stand on the offensive end. And I guess probably what I would wonder that got to it a little bit was, did they let their shooting, especially after the first quarter, they shot um, 52% in the first half, but it wasn't 52% in the second quarter, and they shot very poorly in the second half. I just wonder if they let their shooting – and not and their inability to hit shots affect them to, to where they just kind of stood around and it kind of got inside their head a little bit and that happens but that's something that you can't have happen against a better team than Illinois. Yeah, they shot fifty two percent in the first half, and only thirty four percent in the second. So yeah, definite turnaround there. So, anything else you want to pull up here in the surprises section? 
Nope, I don't think so. How about you? Nope. Let's go inside the numbers. And Kathy, I'll let you go first. And what's what's a team stat that you want to start off with? Um, well, I touched on rebounds a little bit already. Um, one that was, I guess, uh, was still nice to see back to my comment of where it felt like their defense was a little lethargic. They still held um, Illinois to 0.871 points per possession. And maybe that's why it was, you know, we this was just such a low scoring game for us. On the flip side of that, we only scored 0.915 points per possession. In fact, this was by far our lowest scoring point total of the year. So that, you know, in terms of the team set, I was really, you know, again, we just talked about it with the field goal percentage I know had had to come in, but we had probably our second and third quarters scoring 13 and 11 points respectively. I think that might be two of our worst quarters we've seen so far this year offensively. So um, I was a little, a little surprised to see, especially an 11 point third quarter um, was really just, we were just really struggling to get anything going offensively in those middle two quarters. Yeah. You talk about those middle two quarters, we get outscored, you know, 33 to 22 in those two quarters. And that really was where they got back into the game. Um, I'm going to kind of go along that same line and I'm going to pick out one that was almost a surprise and I didn't pull it up for the surprise section, but this is a team that's been, when they're playing their best, a lot of their made shots are coming off of assists. Yeah. There's a high percentage. There's a high assist percentage rate yesterday, 15 assists on 26 made buckets. So not a bad number, it's still over half, but nowhere near the number that we've been seeing from this team percentage-wise uh, as well. So that tells me a little bit about how well the ball was moving, how well they or how well it wasn't moving, how well they weren't moving. Yeah, I, I agree with that for sure. Um, you know, it, the the nice thing is that they seem to be taking care of the ball though. Right. I mean that we only had 10 turnovers, um, you know, so I thought that was really nice to see. And, you know, with that, it, we forced 14 turnovers, but I think the points off turnovers was more of the disparity, which I like seeing where we only allowed 10 points off our turnovers. They uh, were, we scored 20 off of the 14 that we forced for them. So there was a nice, you know, 10 point disparity that really in a four point game, that's a huge difference maker that, you know, even though, you know, some of those turnovers, they just didn't lead to to the points that we got off of the Illinois turnovers. So again, um, kind of, kind of shows that, you know, they, they know where they need to go to win. But yeah, I agree with you on the assist. They didn't, again, it was back to what you were saying. They just didn't seem to be moving around as much or sharing the ball as much, just, just kind of more lethargic than what we've seen them here so far this year. So, and I will point out the one here too, free throws. And, and I'm not even talking about percentage, just 12 free throws shot in the game for IU yesterday. Not that Illinois shot a ton, but no, it just 13, it just kind of yeah. it just kind of showed you know in essence IU shot three free throws basically per quarter. That's really not a lot. I mean it was a pretty low fouling game, um, but it just that kind of surprised me because Indiana has been a team this year that's been able to get to the line a little bit um, because they've been able to open up some drives and they've also been able to I think Mac being played one on one a little bit more often than she was yesterday has allowed her to draw some fouls. But that's you know. I, I, to me, that was a stat that stood out. The fact that we only got to the line 12 times for the entire game. Yeah, that's a, that's a great point. Um, so to, real quick to go back to my turnovers though. So we only had 10, but four of them, unfortunately were from Mac. The good thing with McKenzie, I think this time 
three of them came in the first half. Um, so why you don't want to see four turnovers, at least it seems like, I, I wonder if, you know, during halftime someone said something or most of them seems like she's getting happy feet or she's getting, and she's kind of shuffling her feet before she, she dribbles or goes up with the ball and she's getting called for travel quite a bit. Um, so I'm hoping that the second half of this game is going to be the trend because we saw that in the last game from McKenzie as well, but four turnovers, I think from, you know, McKenzie, that's really was her only blemish again for the night. Um, so, yeah. Well, I was going to say, and for as, as hard as it seems to believe, they had seven turnovers in the first half. So they only really yeah. had three in the second half, and you felt like it was more. But I think it was just because they were missing so many shots. Yes. You felt like they had so many yes. more turnovers. I yeah. said that to my husband. I said, you know, I, I looked at the turnovers at one point. I'm like, gosh, I thought we had a lot more. I said, but I feel like we're just missing more shots now. And that those missed shots were feeling like turnovers. So, mm -hmm. yeah, I said the exact same thing yesterday watching the game. So what about you mentioned max turnovers? What about some other individuals? Yeah, so um, we talked about Chloe Erwell as well. Um, you know, Sydney, I thought, had a nice game too. She had a double-double again with 12 points and, you know, 10 rebounds uh, in zero turnovers from her as well. Um, the the only thing with Sydney is just she fell into that same kind of, it felt like she was standing around a bit um, in that middle half, right, those second and third quarters. And especially with her, I've gotten, and maybe she spoiled me here because, again, I'm nitpicking with 10 rebounds, but there were definitely Definitely times where um, Illinois was getting a rebound. And I said, well, gosh, Sydney was right there. And it just didn't feel like she boxed out or really went aggressive. And I think it was because we've gotten, I've gotten so used to her being so extreme with her aggressiveness that maybe, you know, she was backed off a little bit because of, again, fatigue or whatever. Um, but again, I thought she had, uh, other than that, the, again, nitpicking, a double-double from Sydney was exactly what we needed here in this game from her, especially on the rebounding side when we just seemed to be struggling getting getting anything off the glass. Yeah, and and I hate to say this is, you know, this is, I could have maybe had this in the surprise, but Sarah Scalia had probably her worst game as a Hoosier so far. Yeah. And, and again, we're nitpicking, but she, she had six points on two of nine shooting, um, 0 for 5 from 3. Uh, and there were just times I, you watched her just didn't feel like she was engaged. Like she was like, she just was really struggling to get into the game. And again, I'm watching on TV. I'm not there. So it's a little bit right. easier for me to feel like, you know, that's the case rather than actually being there. But she just seemed a step late to everything going on yesterday, but she ends up and again, ends up with six rebounds and six assists. So right. did she really play that badly or we, or was my eye test, you know, kind of, you know, warped because she wasn't scoring the way we've gotten accustomed to her to score. Yeah. And you know, it, it, at first I would say I was saying the same thing and then it just seemed like maybe she backed off of her shooting. Maybe she knew it wasn't there. Right. And instead she was trying to do some more other things where we needed to right? the rebounding and the assists that you already mentioned. I, but I thought that she made, you know, she did some nice things with the ball too. She didn't turn it over. She ended up with only one turnover as well. So, um, so again, like maybe she just knew it wasn't there for her. And so she backed off shooting. I don't, I'd have to break down and see here if I can pull it up real quick on, what her half half by half stats were but right. overall i thought sarah yeah she kind of struggled as well um during that half yeah she ended up only uh taking it looks like three shots in that second half so but then also um oh go ahead before i go add in anything else if you have any other stats you want to go into no go ahead go for it well but i think it also shows just how much that this team at least as we mentioned with the current roster the way it is available bodies that Yarden Garzon is going to play because she got in foul trouble yesterday, which really limited her minutes in the first half, especially 
there were times where she again struggled with some decision making but she fit she played pretty well in the, at times in the second half had a couple spurts nine points but only shot four of 12. she was one for four from beyond the arc for somebody who was coming in i don't have the numbers after the north carolina game but before the north carolina game she was shooting 53 percent from the three-point line before the north carolina game um three rebounds three assists but it just didn't feel like it was a typical yard and garzon game and i and i'm pleased i'm okay with that i mean the yeah. fact that we're trying to rely on this freshman but also remember she is a freshman and you know and just kind of like i said I, and you and I will talk a little bit more about this later, so I'll save it for them. But just, I just think shows had Yarden played a normal game for her at this point, where she's at fourteen or fifteen points, then we're probably not having some of these discussions either. Right, right. Then the game doesn't feel quite so quote close as it well. Not didn't just feel that way. It was absolutely definitely close coming down to the end there. Right. So, yeah, yeah. So um, I don't have I, any, think- I don't have anything else. So if you want to add some, go ahead. Nope. I was just going to say, I think that hits most of the main numbers, both individually and team wise, you know, so far that I wanted to, to really touch on. Okay. So let's head on to the game ball. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's have a leading inside a little Bob Thompson music too. See if I can get the music right this time. There we go. Look at me go. Awesome. All right. So, yeah, game ball. Here we go. Yep. And I'll let you go first here. As a, for those of you who are watching on our YouTube feed, our live YouTube feed, we have the scroll of the current standings on game ball going across the screen at the bottom. Yeah. So, um, you know, for me, I, I it was kind of a, a little bit of a struggle again because it just felt like the team as a whole struggled. But um, I, I have a hard time not giving it to Mackenzie um, Holmes. I just think she's playing at an All-American level and really should be in conversation at, at some point of Big Ten Player of the Year. I mean, she made it to the Big Ten honor roll again this week as Player of the Week. And, you know, that's two weeks or three weeks maybe now in a row that, that she's made that. And, you know, 23 points from her, again, from – as I mentioned, I think her only blemish this time was her turnovers, but, um, you know, she had some happy feet, especially in that first half. She was a little uncharacteristically off. I thought of her shot, you know, 11 for 21, but the, the whole team kind of seemed worse, but again, um, you know, you're still shooting almost 50% from the field at 11 for 21. So are we really, you know, going to get upset when she didn't, you know, go 10 for 10 or 11 for 11, like we have been accustomed to seeing her. So I thought she just put up again in 35 minutes, another all American type of performance. And I'm hoping the more, you know, I mean, she's averaging, you know, in the low to mid twenties right now through the season, I just think that needs to be recognized. And hopefully people start talking that, uh, she should be in, in, you know, one of the finalists for going into a Big Ten play of the year. If this kind of protection, I think, keeps um, coming from her throughout the year. Yeah, and, and I'm going to second that. I had Mackenzie Holmes picked here. Um, again, I think the problem that we're having, and again, we're nitpicking. We are. When you're talking about Mackenzie Holmes and what she brings to this team and, and everything that she provided yesterday, you know, yeah, she missed 10 shots. We're like, how can you miss 10 shots? Well, because we've gotten used to her shooting about 75% this year for the most part. Um, I think the other thing yesterday is that's it, a little bit of a, and I hate to say, and I'll kind of use this in a, a, you know, as a lingering question. She can't keep turning it over though. She can't have yeah. I think in the last two games combined, 10 turnovers. That, that, you can't have that. Uh, and especially right now where she really is going to be the focal point 
of a lot of defenses. Now, again, we've got other players. We've got Scalia. We've got we've got uh, uh, Parrish. We've got more more McNeil. We've got uh, Garzon who can put the ball in the basket and alleviate some of that pressure. But right now, with Grace Berger out, you know darn well every coach is really kind of load up. Well, you're going to see. I think you're going to see more of the double team action on McKenzie that we saw yesterday as we go forward until we can, you know, and, and again, I think teams will show teams that they, that's going to backfire, but yesterday it looked like a good strategy. Um, so yeah. that's, that's one of those that I totally agree with Mac because again, 23 points, six rebounds, um, yeah. an assist, three steals. So, I mean, she really had a pretty solid all around game, but because it was closer than we expected and because of, of the missed shots and the turnovers, just felt like she was like we said, you know, like we're pointing out here. That's been pointed out in the chat. A bad game from McKenzie Holmes is a game a lot of people would take. Right, right, absolutely. That's just how good she is, right? I mean, right. when we're sitting here going and like, oh my gosh, it was an off night for McKenzie, and she's got twenty three points. <laughs> so yeah, <coughs> I think that's a testament to how um, just a special player she is. So that will make the fifth game ball of the year for. Mackenzie Holmes, she's followed by Sydney Parrish with two, Yarden Garzon and Grace Berger with one each. So we'll move on to our Hoosier Hustle Award. And this one may be a little more difficult. Uh, again, Kathy has the scroll going across the bottom of the screen here. You can see the updated standings here on the Hoosier Game, or excuse me, Hoosier Hustle Award. But Kathy, I'll let you go first. Yeah, you know, I'm uh, <laughs> I'm really torn on this one, Jeff. I think you're right. I I, I there was I, I think there's a number of people um, I, I could give it to Hustle Ward. Um, my first inclination, to be honest with you, after the game yesterday, was to actually give it to Henna Sandvik. I and we haven't mentioned her, and I feel like we need to give her at least some love, whether she gets this award or not, um, because you know she came in and played really good for us. I thought after off the bench, you know, she ended up with 14 minutes and this is a, uh, you know, a young woman who is just hurt a couple of games ago. And in fact, she ended up starting that second half in Garzon's spot. And, you know, she, you know, if you look at her stat line, it wasn't a lot of production. It was two points and, you know, she had a, a defensive rebound in there and a steal, but I thought those 14 minutes were meaningful because, mm -hmm. you know, we needed her with yard and Garzon being in foul trouble. Um, but I think where I'm going to finally land after having a night to think on it tonight, um, I, I'm going to go with Sydney Parrish for my game ball. I, and I know I, I, again, was nitpicking a little bit earlier about, you know, her maybe not boxing out all the time. But the whole team at one point in time yesterday looked a little bit slow and lethargic. And again, another double-double for Sydney, another start for her filling in for Grace in that starting spot. I think that, um, in my opinion, I'm going to kind of change my mind from where I felt yesterday and uh, for all transparency. Uh, and I'm going to vote for Sydney for my my hustle award. Well, I, I'm I, my initial thought after the game was I'm not sure I can give it to anybody because I'm not <laughs> sure I saw a ton of hustle as I watched it at, as I watched it in the real time. But like you, as I kind of sat back on it last night and and and, and went through today, um, thought a little bit more about it. Um, you know, I think we're going to split this one. All right. We're going to split okay. it because I'm going to go with Chloe Moore McNeil here. Sure. Um, also another good mainly because yeah. yeah. And mainly because Chloe got us off to part of that fast start. I thought she really came out really well. She had a cut. Uh, she hit two threes in that first quarter. She had a cut. She had a driving layup to finish the quarter. And as you mentioned earlier, she had 10 of her 13 in the first quarter. And in hindsight, that first quarter may have been really what allowed us to stay in the game because who knows if everything else had gone the same we might have found ourselves in a bigger hole, except that we played pretty well in that first quarter as we took out 
a 21 to 11 lead. And at one point, I think we were up 19 to five or something like that. Yeah. 19 to four. Um, that was 19 to five because the biggest lead we had was 14 with 306 yeah. to go in the first quarter. Uh, but, you know, Chloe had 13 points, five of nine shooting, uh, two rebounds, three assists, and a steal. So I went with Chloe. So I guess we'll split the award unless we can see what the workaholics have. Yeah, to say I just here. threw it into the workaholics here, and we'll see if we get some votes. So I've seen a couple um, for Sydney earlier on, so we'll see yeah. if they, they still want that. So, um, cool. All right. Well, while we're waiting for that um, – I didn't have anything else, I guess, in terms yep. of um, any kind of stats or anything like that. No, and maybe we'll come back to the hustle award for our final, you know, kind of get to it after yeah. we go to lingering questions. We'll recap and it. I'll, I'll, I'll ask the question uh, to you, Kathy, and then I'll go answer it after you. But this were a couple of things that I had, you know, can we continue to get by with the shortened bench? Yeah, I, you know, we, I think, you know, that was apparent yesterday, right? We had only two points off our bench, which I had mentioned from Henna, and she's paid 14 minutes. And outside of that, or we had two other freshmen play five and two minutes, respectively, between Lily Meister and Lexis Bargesser. Um, it's going to catch up with us at some point. And while Illinois, I think, is a much improved team, you know, if we get too too far, I think, into the season, you're going to see fatigue setting in. And I think it's going to really start to catch up with us, especially if this goes on too much farther and we start getting into, you know, some of the games with even Michigan, Michigan State and those teams. I think it's really going to, to impact us. So luckily, at least if we're going to be a little shorter on the bench right now, um, I think our, our schedule might break in our favor a little bit here with um we'll talk about Penn State coming up and that's another hopefully um game that um maybe we can rest some of them but we'll see but yeah I I, I don't think it's going to be as sustainable as maybe we've seen it in the past um I think that if we're really wanting to be making a deep run really especially once we hit that February season we're going to have to see if hopefully um Alyssa Geary is going to be back sooner than later and we can figure out how to get some of our bench playing a little bit more well, I think it also interesting, and and I agree with you. I think it is a concern, and I think it's something. I know we've gotten past it, but it, gotten away with it in the past. But again, at the end of the last year, we 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 struggled at the end of the season because we were fatigued because we were only playing basically six six and a half kids. We and to a certain degree, it caught up with us. You know, UConn was a better team than us, but it also, in my opinion, caught up because we yep. were also just tired. You know, even though you'd had it, you know, a few days off before that game, you were just still tired physically, mentally, all that. It takes a toll. I thought that was why such a big part of that. You know, I was a little surprised, I should say, that they made that run to the Big Ten final because I felt like at the end of the season, they just almost would have benefited from a loss in the first round right. you know, and go 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 rest for a week. But obviously they made that run. But I think there's two things that I thought were interesting among this. Number one, when you know, Coach Morton talked about this last week, getting Keandra Brown back would obviously, would obviously give us another post play. But yep. that still looks like it's a month away. In, if Grace comes back, then it, the very minimal, she's probably going to be limited in her minutes, but at least, you know, Grace Berger, you'll trust her with minutes out there and she'll be able to give you hopefully 10 to 15 minutes. Those first few games back, if she comes back, because I thought that was the other interesting comment from coach Moore the other day was that she no longer said she was going to classify Grace's day to day, but rather out indefinitely. Now that may just be more right. realistic. That, yeah. that may have been the kids. When you say she's day to day, at least in my mind, that means she could be back by the next game or the game after that. 
I, you know, realistically, I think if we get Grace Berger back in my head from what I saw, what I saw a little bit last night, they showed her on TV walking with the crutches and the brace on. My thinking is if somehow you can get her back mid-January, maybe even late January for that big run in the Big Ten, excuse me, that's when I that's when I think you got to see that. That or that's you know that will help. So now you get Brown back, you get Geary, and we hope Geary's very short term. You get Geary back, yeah. and then you get Grace back by middle of January, maybe at the end of January if, if you're lucky. Now all of a sudden your bench isn't so thin anymore, and we're not going to have this discussion anymore. But I also think at some point she has to trust Lexi Bargesser and and, right. and Lily Meister a little bit more. She recruited them. Now she may not recruit them with the idea they're going to play a lot as freshmen. But that's what she's got, and, and she's just going to have to get to that point, I think. And, again, easy for me to say as a podcaster, but, you know, that's – somehow those two, especially in my view, have got to play some minutes for and and I really liked what Hannah brought the last couple of games. But, but again, we could be having a whole different conversation in January, mid-late January, if those kids all come back. Now, if they don't, and those kids – and these, these players are still playing 35, 37, 38 minutes a game – Ooh, February, yeah. February could be a very tiring, um, a very tiring uh, stretch run for that. Group. Right. And, and, you know, I know um, there's probably some folks that are like, oh, well, we've always had a shortened bench and it's never really seemed to impact as much. Well, I, I guess I kind of disagree because I think that we have seen that in previous years catch up with us. And, you know, like even last year. I would, I would warrant maybe we don't have such trouble with Iowa down late and, you know, the, there's scheduling problems and things with Iowa as well going on. I get that with the schedule, but again, if you have more rested legs, maybe it's not quite such the problem, but I think to your point, I think it definitely was at least a contributing factor last year to UConn. But I think bottom line is you're not going to see teams make a deep run in March with only six players that are playing and contributing double 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 figure minutes. So I think while it may have been okay in the past, if we're really wanting to be a Final Four team, we have to find a way to have a deeper bench and get more minutes and quality minutes from that bench. And, and let's face it, we're not the only top five team dealing with some injury issues right now. We were both, you and I were texting yesterday. We saw UConn dealing UConn with some again. injuries between Paige Beckers and another one of their players that's been out for the whole season yeah. anyway. And then AZ Fudd went down yesterday with some type of injury um, yeah. and don't know what the outlook is on that. So they were, you know, they, they were dealing with it a little bit. So every, and, and teams do, they, they have to deal with it, but that's where you got to be able to trust your bench a little bit. Um, right. I think we've kind of answered this one, Kathy, about the yeah. Illinois game being a one-off or were there some, are there some glaring holes that you're worried about? Yeah. I think we kind of answered that question already. I do, so, too. I think uh, it's a one-off. I do. Yeah. I do, too. Um, yeah. I think also – so I'll go to Ari's question he posted in our text. And for those of our listeners who weren't in the text message, basically <laughs> um, I'll have to pull it up here because uh, it was a little bit – so yeah, and while you're doing that, I'll just so here circle it is. back As, for our last our last lingering question before we go on to Ari's. Um, we'll split the game ball. We had oh. a, an equal number of votes between Chloe and Sydney in the chat. So yeah, <laughs> we'll split it. Yeah, let's split it between those two. For and, yeah. and I thought they were both deserving. I I totally liked your argument for Sydney as well. Um, <laughs> but Ari's question was: Have you ever seen bigs with the elite footwork to evade defenders as Holmes and Trace Jackson Davis do? He said he was having this discussion with family and they were talking about, it, and that's why Max misses yesterday was so surprised. And she used her feet as normal to get the open layups, but just missed at the rim. She always makes. That's why you expect her and TJD to hit 70% plus you're open within two feet of the basket always. Anything less than a double team on either of them 
ends badly for the defenders. They can just use their feet to evade them. So I'll let you kind of go first. What you know to respond to Ari's question, and then I'll answer it more from my perspective. Yeah, you know, I found that question intriguing, and I find it hard to answer right now, just because we have seen. Um, as they called it, happy feet from McKenzie here the last few games. So normally her, I I feel like her footwork has been top notch, right? Very elite. But now we're seeing her starting to get a little bit of shuffle going on before she she plays and uh, or gets that ball onto the floor. So um, I would say, yes, ninety percent of that I think is absolutely elite footwork from her um just cleaning up a little bit of those you know miscues i think she's getting maybe trying to get ahead of the double team and those types of things but yeah i think her footwork is pretty phenomenal especially having watched a few other games uh, women's games this year and stuff i i'd put her up against any big in um pretty much any of the nation not just the big 10. yeah and i would say she does have very very good footwork elite footwork um, she's not just going to overpower you with raw strength. I mean, you might see somebody like Sonano who's just going to bulk back you down almost or bury you deep in the post with sheer size and bulk. That's not McKenzie. She's going to use her footwork. Um, but kind of to answer that question, two parts. Number one, there just aren't that many elite bas- back-to-the-basket players anymore, especially on the guy's yeah. side. Um, and so that you know that's part of that. I guess one of the reasons why you notice it a little bit more now um, whereas and on the women's side, it's not as there's still, there's still some solid back to the basket players, but it's become a little bit of a lost art to teach the footwork. Everybody just wants to kind of go to a power move, a quick drop step. But one thing you see McKenzie do a little bit of that, the one move I really like from her is that she does is that little up and what we called an up and under move where she gives the move yeah. to the bait or one side or the other, she makes them pump fake and then comes back the other way on the step through. Generally you go, you turn inside you pump it and then you kind of step through to the other hand for the layup, but it can go either side. But I think if you go back through historically, again, I'm going to show my age here, a Jack Sigma, a, a, a even a Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, um, but a Jack Sigma, especially who had some really good uh, post moves and excellent feet. Um, you go back, um, Kevin Garnett, you know, and again, Garnett was a pure athlete too, but, but Garnett had pretty solid footwork in the post. Um, uh, in the women's game, um, uh, I'm trying to think of off the top of my head here lately. You know, somebody uh, I can't I, I can't remember her name, but the girl that played down at Mississippi State a few years ago when they were yeah. making their run had had really good footwork. So yeah. for the ones that have it, you notice it, and, and because it's they don't tend to have those traveling calls, and they tend to look like they're getting easy baskets because they're using their footwork to get themselves so open. Yeah, I agree. And the, the other thing where I think we're seeing from McKenzie on the opposite end, I think she has a really nice hands too. You know, she, yeah. she can pass the ball, she can catch a bit. We even saw, you know, a little bit of her jumper coming out yesterday too. You know, she wasn't shooting any three pointers and it was just a nice little pull up jumper there um, just outside of the lane. And um, I thought she looked really, really comfortable shooting that shot as well. Yeah. So yeah, great, great um, all around for McKenzie. She's just a pleasure to watch. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to, I don't have anything else here on lingering questions, Kathy. I didn't see anything else in the chat. Do you have anything? Nope. I don't think so. We can All move right. on so to what's next. If you let's want Let's go up to our what's next. Uh, I'll take the first part of this and I'll kind of let you sure. talk about the Penn state Nittany lions. Uh, the women will continue big 10 play when they travel to Penn state Thursday. The game is seven Eastern six central start. It will be on BTN plus, or you can always use, you know, listen to the radio and our friend, Austin Render, 
I this was this one surprised me a little bit. And I know Penn State used to have a, a really, really almost elite program, but IU trails the all-time series 33 to 18, and we and and we're six and twenty-two on the road in University Park all time. But the Hoosiers have won five in a row. So that means this 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 was a really off a lopsided number, yeah. but they've won the last five going back to December 31st, New Year's Eve, 2018. They won that game and haven't lost since. And IU won the only matchup last year, 70 to 40 in Bloomington. Yeah. So Penn state right now is seven and two. Um, they started conference play obviously as well. They um, lost their opening game to Minnesota 98 to 96. That was a double overtime game. Their other loss was um, right before that to Virginia 68 to 89. Um, so I, I don't think we're expecting anything real may, um, exciting from Penn State here, but they do have three players that average double figures in terms of scoring, and they're led by their 5'11 senior guard, um, McKenna Marissa. She is averaging just under 19 points a game. Um, they also have a 5'10 guard, uh, Liliana Capinis, I think is how you say your name, at 10 points a game, and then a 5'7 freshman guard, Shay um, Siski, um, also 10 points per game. Um, in terms of uh, rebounding, they're led by a 6'3 um, guard, our forward, jo Jonizia Cash, at six rebounds a game, and then Capinis chip, uh, also chips in 5.9 rebounds a game. And in terms of assists, again, back to McKenna Marissa as their guard there, she is leading the team in assists at five teams points per assists per game. Um, as a team, they're averaging only right around 76 points per game, 77 somewhere. They do shoot around 46% field goal percentage and 34 from three. Um, the interesting thing here is their defense. They're holding their opponents right now to 40% field goal shooting. Um, however, on the flip side of that, they're committing 18 turnovers per game. So I think it's um, going to be an interesting. They also turn their opponents over 23. So while they turn it over a lot, they're turning their opponents over even more. So I think this will be an interesting matchup, it seems, at least on paper. I haven't seen Penn State play. Right. Um, but in terms of on paper, it seems like from a defensive standpoint, maybe that's where they're they're really trying to hang their hat too as well. Um, so we'll also have to watch rebounding. The, the Lions have been out-rebounding out their opponents by six per game. So I think some of the keys that I'm thinking, Jeff, and you tell me about this, um, hopefully our defense travels this time and we can really keep them from uh, continuing to force those turnovers, you know, from, from Penn state that they've been doing, but keeping our turnovers down, right. If we're creeping up into that, you know, teens, I think we're going to be in trouble and then we have to start hitting the boards a little bit better. So I, again, I think that will come in health will come into play. Hopefully Alyssa Geary is back, even if she can only give, you know, 10 minutes or so for us, I think that will really help in the rebounding area as well. But what kind of keys are you thinking? Well, I, I kind of agree with that. I'm going to kind of go more toward the intangible side of it. I, I think that, number one, I agree about the defense. we got to get back to playing the defense. And i got to imagine that was a focal point today in the film room. And and, and usually this is a day off for them. So at least from what Grace told me last year was that they, yeah. they a lot of times they get, they get the day hours. after. Yeah, <laughs> they get the day after, at least off the floor. But they'll usually be in the film watching and watching and breaking it down. Um, so you want the defense to travel, and I assume that was a big one. But I think also the rebounding, not just the stat number here, I think it just shows how important the struggles that we've had a little bit the last couple, three games on the glass. And, and Austin pointed this out when he was here a week or so ago, that it just shows you how important Grace Berger was in all facets of the game. Not everybody thinks about her scoring or leadership, 
but she was getting six, seven rebounds a game, you know? And so you're now having to replace that. And, 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 and to me, that's one of the glaring weaknesses that's showing up right now is that we're not, you know, and, and Grace Berger always seemed to be the player that just made a play when you needed to be made. And so will somebody step forward and be continue to be that player on a consistent basis? And then the other thing I, I thought the turnovers, and this comes down to leadership, you know, can you go out on the road? And the other thing I was pointing out here that they got to get used to having a target on their back. They're the number four team in the country. Now I know they're used to playing, you know, with a ranking here the last couple of years, but as you get into that boat, now teams like Illinois, Penn state, they're looking at you. Hey, first of all, we're better than we have been. And we got a chance to make ourselves a little bit of a name. So you got to take that as well. And you're going to have to have leadership, be able to handle that pressure. I would imagine Penn State having not seen them, they're doing a little bit more full court pressing or they're half court trapping something to help create those turnovers. But if you can handle that, you usually can get some wide open looks and good shots against it, but you can't turn it over. Like you said, if yeah. it gets into 15 or 16, pay. you're going to have some trouble and you got to make them pay. So I'm looking more of it from the intangible side than I'm simply, you know, maybe just a, 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 a simple number uh, from that standpoint. So, but yep. I thought those were great points, Kathy. And, and I think those would be, um, be something to really keep an eye on Thursday. So anything else you want to add here about the Nittany Lions? Nope. That was all I had. And so uh, we're updating our former players who are playing overseas. Uh, they're back to playing here after the Thanksgiving break. Uh, we were updating on the Twitter feed and the, and the assembly hall community page over the last day or two. Uh, I think I've still got to catch up a little bit. I don't think I've updated the Twitter feed on Tyra and, and uh, Jordy Davis, but both those uh, players had decent games yesterday, but their yeah, team lost. Um, you, so you can, we're keeping you updated there uh, and in the community and on the Twitter feed. By the way, you can follow us on Twitter at DTWIUWBB or simply go to Twitter and search doing the work. Make sure you leave a space in between it, but doing the work. And we should be the first thing that comes up on that search on Twitter or check out the assembly hall community page where you can also join and be a member. Uh, AC radio will have a post game show Wednesday after the Nebraska game. Uh, I can't remember what time that Nebraska game is, but that will be immediately following the Nebraska game. And be better. Watch out. You saw Nebraska and men yes. just beat Creighton, right? At Creighton. So yeah. hope they're ready on Wednesday. Yeah. And, Omaha. and be sure to catch yeah. and subscribe to the next episode of Crimson cast part of our back home network family. Uh, they also now have a women's basketball podcast as well that we'll shout out to them. Our next show will be next Monday at 8 Eastern, 7 Central time, as we will recap the Penn State game. because the, And then IU will be off. They play December 8th, and then they don't play again until December 18th. So we have some downtime after this Penn State game. Again, that game on Thursday will be on BTN+. And we're going to go to last call. And Kathy, what's on your mind as we wrap it up? Yeah, I think I'll go back to my comment at the beginning here, Jeff, where I said, you know, I would much rather win ugly than lose pretty any day of the week. Yeah. And, you know, now that we've kind of had a chance to digest it and to really dive into the numbers, um, I don't know if it was quite as ugly as maybe it felt in the moment yesterday. You know, it, it did feel where we weren't quite up to the same standard all of a sudden that we've come to expect. Right. I mean, it was definitely not the same performance we saw against North Carolina. Are we surprised at that? No, um, but they got the win. And at the end of the day, that's all that matters. And to your point, if Illinois, you know, um, really keeps improving the way they do that in the, the season, they're net raking, they get into that, you know, top 25, 30, and they can keep 
um, improving, this is going to turn out to be actually a really well fought win. Um, and just surprised because again, we were expecting more of the Illinois team from last year versus the team from this year. But yeah. bottom line for me, I'm just excited to see the team again, you know, very shorthanded right now. As you mentioned, there's we're essentially down four players right now coming together in as a team, especially with so many newcomers. I've just been really pleased with, with what we're seeing on the floor. Yeah, and I think that's a big thing. We got maybe we ought to give Illinois a little bit more credit than simply just you know being down on the Hoosiers for their performance. Maybe Illinois had a lot to do with that, um, and I agree with that. And I think you know, as I said yesterday, the old Al Davis philosophy, you know, theory: just win, just win. It's all that matters. It really, at the end of the day, at this level, you're you're trying to rack up wins, and it doesn't matter. As, as the legendary Tony Hinkle used to say here in Indiana, doesn't matter whether you win by one point or a hundred. Just got to find a way to win. And so I thought the Hoosiers did a great job of finding a way after they fell behind by four. And I was getting a little nervous. In fact, they even fell behind later and a couple by a couple points in, uh, in the second, the fourth quarter there, I was getting a little worried, but they, again, they made plays, showed some resiliency and found a way to get the W. So that's all I have for tonight. Kathy, got anything else you want to add? Nope. We want a little Bob Thompson music to take you into your final segment. There. Oh, here's a Bob. And if you want to see us do the show live and be a part of the live chat, our workaholics, make sure that you subscribe to our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash assembly call. You can be a part of our private community as well. Join for join today at join.assemblycall.com. That's join.assemblycall.com. Special thanks to John Ringer of rigdesign.com for designing our new logo. We actually have about four of them that John did for us, and we've been kind of switching them out every hour every broadcast and you can see our in the top right hand corner the one we were using tonight also as kathy pointed out a big thank you to bob thompson for our new music that you've heard throughout the broadcast and we want to thank all of you our workaholics there in the chat and all of you who are listening on on your favorite uh podcast feed thank you for listening we'll be back to talk iu hoops again with you on monday until then keep your elbow in and your eyes on the rim and go hoosiers Nice job tonight. Thanks. Yeah. Once I figured out, I think I was hitting the play, then pause and play, and it was throwing me off. <laughs> so, yeah. Say, yeah. I'll let you go. We were almost an hour tonight. Yeah. I'll let you go since we know exactly what we're going to be doing. I want to thank everybody out there in the chat for joining in tonight. And we'll talk to you again on Monday and recap the Illinois game. Or excuse me, the Penn State game. Penn State game. Yeah, we're stuck on Illinois right now. So that's great. Yeah, that was that was fun, Jeff. Yeah, I think it was nice to to break it down again and and really reflect on it. So I I almost liked doing it a day later. I had time to kind of think through and not be in the heat of the moment. So I was um it was a better game than you know I gave him credit for uh, originally yesterday, I thought. So So, yeah, appreciate that. Yep. Thanks to everybody. We'll talk to you soon and we'll see you guys on Monday. Sounds good. Good night, everyone.